Hello and welcome to another episode of Unstuck with Hypnopunk Transformation with Edge. Today's episode is going to be on the five dirty, nasty, banned words. The five banned words you must ban from your vocabulary in every life in order for you to ascend to the next level. Before we do that, I'd like to thank everyone for posting your reviews on iTunes, on Google Play on YouTube, however you listen to this podcast, thank you very much, inspires me to make more of these, so please keep doing that, that's my incentive for putting these out there, and also when you do leave a five-star review in any of those formats, please do take a snapshot of it and send it to me at mail, M-A-I-L, at lukenosis.com, and I shall... Um, book a screening call with you um, and the screening call is essentially a discovery session it's 30 minutes three with me where we get to talk about an area of your life that is a little stuck now that you want to become unstuck and move forward it is not a therapy session it is not a hypnosis session it's not an opportunity for you to hemorrhage over me on me to tell me how bad your life is it's simply a coaching session to help to get you unstuck and get you into the next level of your life but I don't know if you remember a very famous American comedian who passed away a few years ago called called George Carlin. And he was uh, very famous. One of his famous bits was, I believe it was the seven, seven dirty bad words that you can't say on TV and radio. And no, the words that I'm going to share with you today are not going to be quite that graphic, but they're probably far more destructive than those uh, seven dirty words that George Carlin, the legendary George Carlin, talks about. The words we're going to talk about today are all wolves, but they're dressed in sheep's clothing. So oftentimes when we hear these words that I'm going to give you today, they sound really, really positive, very, very positive words, very, very good words that they could help you, that they are positive. But underneath it, underneath it they are wrong they are bad they will cut off your legs they will keep you stuck in the cement and prevent you from going forward and taking ownership of your life the first one of these culprits of these evil bad words that are disguised in sheep's clothing and look very nice very positive on the outside but inside they're very, very ugly remember all that glitters is not gold my friends the first one is luck right we all heard luck oh good luck with that we're like, well, you know, I hope I have the luck to win the lottery. I hope uh, I'm lucky. I get lucky um, tonight. Um, I hope when I'm playing this game of uh, poker, I'm going to have luck is going to be on my side. Lady luck is going to be on my side. You know, maybe I'll get lucky and get that job. Maybe I'll get lucky and, and that girl that I'm speaking to will um, realize how amazing I am. Luck, you know, maybe I'll land that deal this year and uh, become a millionaire. Luck, luck, luck. Sounds so positive, doesn't it? does sound very very positive until you examine it what are you saying when you when you when you really when you really hope when you really well, we'll get on to hope a little bit later on but you know you, you need some luck on your side what you're saying is you're at effect you're at effect of the world you're the world's bitch you're having the world do you that you have no control you have absolutely no control and anything your life has. You're just a mere victim of of a thing called fate, for want of a better word. That if the moon and the sun and the stars align in such a way, then you'll get X, Y and Z. That job, that girl, that guy, that lottery winning ticket, that promotion, if you're lucky. Well, fuck that. Fuck luck. 
Stop relying on something else outside of you to get what you want and to get what you need. Whether that be religion, whether that be the word luck, whether that be a boss, whether that be someone you're in a relationship. Stop looking for someone else. Stop being lazy. Stop looking for someone else or something else, some kind of entity, some kind of dignity to do something for you. Luck. Go out there and fucking do it. Don't be lazy. You know what? I don't believe most people are lazy. Isn't they're scared. I think we're habitually lazy. I think we're scared of what happens when we fail. Well, if you fail, you'll find another way of doing it. And if you let that failure knock you off, then you didn't want it bad enough. You didn't want it bad enough. But don't look to this, uh, this uh, magical golden orb called luck. It doesn't exist. There isn't a thing. You don't touch it. You can't feel it. It's a way of you being a victim. And the equation of every single client that comes into my office is all the same, no matter if it's the young the young kid who's peeing the bed, if it's a 70-year-old woman who wants to quit smoking, smoking 50 a day, whether it's the 35-year-old woman who's morbidly obese and she links that to her being sexually abused when she was younger, whether it's the soldier or emergency um, personnel that I've seen that have got terrible post-traumatic stress disorder. And I feel for all of these people. I truly, I truly do. Otherwise, I want to spend 23 years of my life now helping them. But everyone, including myself from time to time, when I leave myself unmonitored, is I fall victim of this thing called cause and effect. And I allow the world to affect me. And everyone who comes to see me, everyone who's stuck, is an effect of something being done to them. My job as a change agent with my clients is to get them from effect hey this is being done to me i.e luck i have no control it's just whether the planets aligned or didn't align to give me luck it's being done to me when you do that you are powerless you are fucking powerless and you are weak luck is a weak move have a piece of paper draw a line right down the middle on one side you have strong on one side at the top you have weak luck is weak be strong be strong get rid of luck get onto the cause side of the equation that's what i do with each and every one of my clients that's what i have to hold myself accountable every day how am i causing this current situation that's going on in my life how am i causing that inside my head what am i imagining what am i believing to be true that's allowing me to become stuck to stay stuck what would I need to believe was true about myself and my abilities and what I can do to become unstuck? Because you know what that question does? It puts you at cause. Now listen, I'm not saying, let's say something, something terrible happened to you. Let's say, God forbid, God forbid, I've had this happen to clients. A client that was sexually abused when they were a young, young teenager, 13, 14. Um, let's let's call this lady Sarah. That's not really her name. And this lady came to me, and she was sexually abused when she was about thirteen. Terrible, terrible thing. No one's no one's discounting that. It's a fucking horrible thing, and I wished wished it never happened to her, but it did. And nothing that I could do about that. Nothing she could do about it. It had happened. So now we've got that out of the way. True, true empathy for such a terrible thing to happen. Some such an awful, fucking disgusting thing. It happened to her one time. It lasted approximately 11, 12 minutes. It never happened to her again. And she was never in a position where um, there was another person, another man that put her at physical risk. 
the person who did this to her uh, was no longer in her life in any way, shape or form. She was absolutely at no risk whatsoever in the real world if such a place existed. Now, this happened to when she was about uh, 13. She came to see me when she was 43. It happened one time. Yes, we know. It's fucking awful. It happened 30 years ago for 11 minutes. It's an awful fucking thing that happened for 11 minutes. Not discounting it. But she came to me and she said, Luke, this, this terrible thing happened to me. And I'm like, that's, that's really terrible. I'm really, really sorry that happened to you. I really, really am. It's fucking horrible. Sorry. Wish it didn't happen. But that person did that terrible thing to you one time. And now every single day for the last 30 years, you've relived it. You've re-traumatized it. What could I have done? What could I have said? How could I stop it from happening on? Essentially, she'd molested, she'd raped her own mind multiple times a day for 30 years. Not doing it deliberately, of course, but because she was at effect. And when I said that to her, there was an aha moment. There was anger, then there was sadness, then there was crying, then there was the aha moment. And I asked her, what could you do in this moment, from this moment forward inside your head, to allow that now to just go? And to allow that to no longer affect you now. Because there's no reason. There's no impetus in your life anymore. It's gone. What steps do you need to take now inside of your own mind to allow that to go now once and for all? And she stopped. She's like, I don't know. Most people answer that when I ask a question like that. I'm like, it's okay. We've got some time. Stop. Think. That's just a surface level answer your program to say when when we don't want to go deep. And she's like, I just got to think about what I want in life. I've got to think about the comfort I want to have, the the understanding, the love of a supportive man in my life, a good man in my life that I can love and can trust. And in fact, I have that. I have that in my husband. And I need to focus on that because he makes me feel safe. And again, it's not him making her feel safe, but her internal representation of him inside of her head that makes her feel safe. She's of course. So I need to change the locus of my brain and focus on there are good people out there, there are good men. I've got a man in my life. I almost said luck there, so I had to even stop myself. Because, yeah, that's what I need to focus on. I need to focus on what I have and all the wonderful experiences I have had with good men out there. And this terrible thing happened to me, but it happened. I learned from it. It's gone. It never happened again. And now I speak out against such things to help other young people uh, who need a voice in order for it not to happen again. That's how I can be heard. And she did that and the shift happened. I could see it in her eyes. And I went off a little bit there on a slight tangent. But again, it comes into that cause-effect equation. As long as you're at effect, the world's being done to you. You are being victimised. And as long as you're being victimised and the world's being done to you, you're going to stay stuck and you're going to stay fucked. The only way to have some control over that is to realise you're just imagining it. And what I'm saying is, for that lady, we'll call her Sarah, and that wasn't her real name. Um, I'm not saying she imagined what happened to her. I'm not saying that at all. She didn't imagine when it happened to her. But for 30 years after, when she replayed it in her mind, she did imagine it. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but every time we access a memory, we change it slightly. It's called memory reconsideration in neuroscience. It's almost like opening up a Word document. And every time you go to save it, you save the new updated version of it. So let's say you've edited that document a hundred times. It probably looks quite different on the hundredth save than it did the first. Yes, the structure might be there. The overall narrative might be there. But there's been a lot of changes. That happens every time we have a memory. She had this memory 
5, 10, 20, 30, 40 times a day, every day, for 30 years, the memory was what was causing her pain. The physical thing that causes her pain lasted 11 moments, and she physically got over that about a week or so later. The mental aspect, she didn't, because she was reliving that memory. But as soon as she put herself at cause, and not saying she was at all responsible for what happened to her initially, but she was totally responsible for the next 30 years of playing those movies inside her head, even though she wasn't doing it consciously. When she got that, it made a difference. So putting yourself at cause in your life. Getting the word luck. Luck is the venom. It is the poison to being at cause, to being in power, to being empowered. So get rid of luck. It does not keep you supported. It's not a magical word. It keeps you trapped. Get rid of the word luck. And think about being at cause in your life, being a cause in the world and what you do. All right, I think I've bashed on luck enough. The next one is one of my favourites. Try, try. We're in the new year, aren't we, right now? And try. We're hearing a lot of people say, oh, it's a new year. Got all these resolutions. I want to try and lose some weight. I want to try and stop smoking. I want to try and get my ideal love. I want to try and uh, write this book that I've been wanting to. I'm going to try. And you know what happens. You go and check in with these people about, I don't know, three weeks, I think, is the average. Three weeks, 21 days into January. And um, 97% of all New Year's resolutions are broken. Trying sounds so good, doesn't it? It sounds so good, so good, so good. It's not. It's another wolf in sheep's clothing. It's another, it's another nasty illusion. Trying implies failure. Because I'm very black and white in life. And I try and urge a lot of my clients, certainly when it comes to the issues, they come and see me to be black and white as well. Because it makes it a lot easier to know when that problem's gone. So being black and white in your thinking when it comes to your issue. Now the word trying implies failure. And you've got to be like Yoda. I don't know if you remember Yoda from uh, Star Wars. He would say, do or do not do. There is no try. Trying's a pussy backdoor word for you not to take full responsibility of your life. It's like, yeah, 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 I tried. I really, really tried to, to, to do this. Well, did you do it or not? Well, you know what? I tried. I tried to lose that weight and I did this diet. Did you lose the weight or not? But, you know, I tried to go to the gym. Did you lose the weight? No, I didn't. You either achieved it or you didn't achieve it. There is no try. That doesn't mean you're going to succeed in your first attempt at doing something. You might fall off multiple times and have to get, pick yourself up, get back on it. I'm not saying that. It's part of the hero's journey out there. But as far as trying, no, no, you, you do it or you do not do it. Or on your path of doing it. There's no backdoor on trying. When a client says to me, yeah, yeah, Luke, um, yeah, I really want to come and try your services. I'm like, no, no, then I'm not a good fit for you. I'm not a good fit for you because you're either going to come and see me and we're going to change your fucking life and rock your life or you're not going to see me and you're going to go and do whatever you want to do on your life. But we're not going to try because it implies failure and we're not going to be successful. And if you're coming into this process with that mentality, I don't want to take your money and I don't waste my time. So when I hear people saying words like try, certainly when I'm on a screening call with them or when it comes to New Year's resolutions or change, I already know that we have um, we have a, a responsibility, uh, a lack of responsibility for change in their life. And it goes against a, another frame that I have in my life that I've done a podcast on. I think it's success mindset. I want to say it's podcast number four, five or six, possibly number four in the archives, which is results versus excuses. You can only have results or excuses. You can't have them both. 
So New Year's resolutions come along. Let's hypothetically say somebody wants to lose £10. Right? They tell you on January 1st. You meet up with them on the 1st of February. You meet up with them and you're going to check in with them. How did it go? They can only tell you one of two things. They can only tell you one of two things. They can either tell you the result. Yeah, I lost the weight. In which case, friggin' awesome, give him a pat on the back. Or he will take, or they will give you a reason or an excuse as to why they did not. You cannot have both. You cannot have a result and having a reason and excuse. Or you cannot have a reason and excuse and have a result. You can only have one. So as long as you hold on to your reasons and excuses of why you can't change and why it's hard and why you need to try, then you're going to stay stuck and you are going to stay fucked up and broken. When you accept responsibility for everything in your life and your results, whether this is true or not, it just empowers people. And when you realise that black and white thinking of results versus excuses, you can only have one at the end of the day. Did you get your result? Well, then no. If you didn't, then all you've got is reason and excuses and you've got yourself to blame. Or if you got your result, fucking amazing. Good job. Go get some more results. And remember to take that time to be fulfilled as well. So get rid of the word try. It implies failure. It is a weak word. Think of that list. Think of strong on one side of that column. And on the other side of that line, on another column, think weak. The word try is a weak word. It is a back, back door. It is a loophole in the contract. In the Apple uh, contract that you don't see at the bottom where it tells you you've just sold your soul to the devil don't use the word try do or do not do there is no try the next one is the uh, twi ugly twin sister of the word try it's the word hope oh it sounds good doesn't it hope oh you know oh, i really hope that's gonna i really hope that's gonna work for me yeah you know i've got a lot of hope got a lot of hope that this this is gonna go good for me this year i'll lose that weight get my ideal partner launch that book um do that new project get to the gym you know oh we're really hoping this is gonna happen again hope puts you at the effect side of the equation you're hoping for something outside of yourself the, the moon the stars the sun, Jupiter, Uranus, it might be Uranus, to align in such a way before any of this stuff can happen. It's all a cosmic thing, and it may be a cosmic thing at the end of the day, I don't know, but I just know thinking that at this stage in our lives, it isn't going to help you to get what you want. So hope sounds positive. Again, it is another wolf in sheep's clothing. Don't hope for it, just do it. Know you're going to do it. Imagine what you need to imagine. Imagine you being the person that you need to be in order for you to do what you need to do. And then just fucking do it. And then keep in imagining you're the person you need to be in order to do what you need to do in order to get what you want to get. And keep doing that as a cycle over and over and over and over again. Don't hope. Don't, don't wish. I just got a new word to add on to the list. I had five words. I've got a bonus one coming up in a moment. We'll get on to that. Just do it. Hope is not good. It implies another another energy. Someone else is going to take responsibility for your life. Let me do a little experiment with you now, if I may, ladies and gentlemen. If it's safe, i.e. you're not in a car. You shouldn't be really listening to this in your car. Or you're not um, uh, piloting an aeroplane or in a spaceship. I don't know if you can get podcast up there. Who knows? Apple can reach far and wide now. Um, just go ahead and close your eyes, if it's safe to do that. And now open your eyes. Who closed your eyes for you? That's right, you closed your eyes. I didn't close your eyes. I asked you. 
You could have chose not to do it if you didn't want, but you did. So in the same way you closed your eyes, who's responsible for your change? You, absolutely. Who's responsible for the results that you get in your life? You, absolutely. It's nobody else's responsibility to make you happy, to put bread on your table, to put a roof over your head. It's your fucking responsibility. So stop being in this baby nation of hoping someone else is going to do something for you. Man up or woman up and realise you're 100% responsible for your life and how it goes. All the good stuff... It's easy to accept responsibility for the good stuff, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah, I attracted that beautiful man or beautiful woman into my life. Oh, yeah, I attracted all that money into my life, that great raise. Oh, yeah, I lost, lost all that weight. It's all my work, patting myself on the back, if you can hear that. But when it comes to the other stuff, oh, oh, it, it was my responsibility I got fired. Or it was my responsibility that um, my, uh, my wife or my husband left me. Or it's my responsibility that my kids uh, don't want to be around me anymore. Yeah, it's all you. It's all you. But if it's all you, that means the stuff that you don't like, you can change. And the stuff that you do like is you. It's not someone else making it happen. It's not me. It's not God. It's not Allah. It's not Buddha. It's not fucking Darth Vader or a Jedi warrior. It's you. It's always you. So don't hope. Just visualize what you want. Imagine it. Imagine you being the person that you need to be in order for you to get what you need to get, to do what you need to do. So we just got rid of hope. Number four is the word but. Not B-U-T-T, because that's quite a good word. Um, but, the word but, yes, exactly. The word but. Because the word but negates everything that was said before it. An example of this is, oh, um, I really love you. You're really amazing. You're the best person I ever met. But I found someone else that I just fell in love with. So goodbye. Or, uh, John, you, you've been doing such a great job. You've made the company $100,000 over the last month. But we have to downsize you because uh, we're dissolving your job. Or you've signed the papers to purchase a new house. You go and see the realtor and they're like, oh, thank you, uh, Mrs. Uh, Johansson. Um, thank you for filling out the paperwork, taking the time and diligence, viewing the property. Paying that uh, initial deposit, um, you seem like such a good person that would treat our home with respect, or my client's home with respect, um, but we've been made a better offer by someone else, so we can't sell it to you. But negate everything that was said before it. So it's not so much but is bad, because you can turn but on its head, so to speak. That sounds like an interesting concept. Turning but on its head. An example of this, I really don't like you, you're such a fucking creep, but... You've also got an amazing heart, and I'm deeply in love with you. Oh, you know what? I, I, I just I feel like such a loser. Like I can't do this anymore. But I know there's days where I have amazing strength and empowerment. I don't know if I can carry on and do the next step in order to, to get to the next area in my life. But I felt that way before and somehow found a way. It's okay to use it the second way, but hardly anyone ever does. They use it in the first way, which is the bad way, which takes all the luster and energy and goodness out of the first words um, and then just puts emphasis on the bad words. Not only is it bad when you're interacting with people, using the word but, because everyone's, you know, they're waiting, where's that but, where's that but, when's that but going to come? It sounds too good to be true. But when we use it on ourselves, it's equally bad. So get rid of the word fucking but. Again, B-U-T-T, -T, keep that one around. But, you know, 
the part I'm talking about, B-U-T. Um, I just replace it with and. <laughs> replace it with and. It's so much more forgiving for ourselves and our own unconscious and other people. You know, John, it's been really great speaking with you. Um, we've really liked what you have to say. And if a job becomes available in the future, we'll give you a call. See how much differently that sounds? Oh, I feel like such a terrible loser and nothing's going on in my life. And there's been days where I felt like this and I've overcome it and I, and I felt amazing. So there'll, there'll be a way for me to make it through the dark night of the soul here tonight. The word and. Use the word and. So much, so much more positive, so much more forgiving of ourselves and others. The next word, number five, is the word can't. Can't. Oh, I can't do that. I can't be that. I can't have that. It's a mindset of scarcity that you are not enough, that I am not enough, that we are not enough, that it can't be done just because we can't do it, probably because we're too scared to try, that no one ever can. They said that about the four-minute mile until Richard Bannister broke the four-minute mile in the 1800s, excuse me, in the 1900s. I can't remember exactly when it was. Um, and then the year that he broke the um, f the mile in four minutes, first time it had ever been done, documented at least, I think that uh, following year, 50 to 100 people were documented uh, as breaking that four-minute mile. They just needed someone to come along and break that proverbial glass ceiling. Get rid of the word can't. It keeps you at effect. It keeps you weak in your life. Again, think of that, that, that piece of paper, that line written down the middle. On one side are strong. And on one side it says weak. This is going under weak. Can't is weak. It's just a concept. It doesn't exist. It's just something you've been imagining so long that you think it's real. Because you're doing it automatically now. And because you're doing it automatically and it's working like a virus on your computer underneath the screen. You don't quite see it, but you just know that your computer is a little bit buggy. It's a little bit slower than it was a week ago, two weeks ago. But it's such a slow thing that you don't quite notice it until eventually your computer gets completely locked out. And then a, um, a pop-up will come on the screen that says, we've locked your computer. And if you don't send us $100,000, we are going to take all of your credit card details and contact tax. The word can't. The word can't. Get rid of the word can't. If you want to be realistic, you could say, well, I haven't been able to do that up until now, which is true. Let's say you're trying to learn the bike and you haven't been able to ride it down the street. Rather than say that I can't, which is a belief, an identity statement, just simply say, up until this point, I haven't been able to do this. Up until this point, I haven't been able to ride a bike. That's true. I'm not going into a garden that's filled with weeds, saying there are no weeds, there are no weeds, there are no weeds. Why all the weeds then eat up all your beautiful flowers? No, being realistic. Up until this point, I haven't been able to do it, which is true. It's a true statement based on everything up to this point. Doesn't mean you you can't do it in the future. It just means up until now. So change that word "can't" for up until now. I haven't been able to do it. However, in the future, X. Or you can go hardcore and you can just take that T and that apostrophe off of "can't" and have "can," because they're both possible. With the right mindset, with the right training, you, more than likely, most things out there, you probably can with the right mindset and training. So you could do that as well if you want to be real hardcore about it, militant, and just take that apostrophe and that T off and realise it's just a concept of your mind anyways and get rid of can't to can. Or up until now, I haven't been able to do it, but that does not mean the next time I attempt this, I won't achieve it.
So those are the five ugly, ugly banned words. Ban them from your life. However, as I was running my mouth off here today, I got an extra one, a bonus one that came out of this creativity, of this mind splatter, if you will. And that was the word wish. We're just after Christmas. We have the Christmas wish. We wish for a better life. It's very, very close to the word hope. You know, we have that Christmas wish list. We have that Amazon wish list. We hope someone else is going to buy it for us rather than uh, buying it our, ourselves. Um, we wish. Wishing is another thing. It's, it's another thing like luck. It's another thing like hope. It's asking for something more than you are. A, a mysterious, mysterious force out there to deliver something to you because you're too lazy and we realize that really laziness underneath it is just fear fear of failure fear of what if what if i can't make this happen uh, then i really will be a loser and i'll be exposed not only to the world but to myself and have to live with that that's all it is so when i say lazy i'm talking about fear and listen i've been lazy in my life i've been fearful in my life but at least i admit it at least i admit it and do my best to correct these things i suffer from all of these things and i use all of these words i'm telling you about today however i acknowledge them and i make a conscious effort enough so it becomes an unconscious thing to these words become deleted in my life and sometimes they're going to come up and i have to catch myself but i'll catch myself to a point where they will be deleted because i'm diligent in this so i'm not perfect nobody is but you can start that process of change now again think of cause effect where do you think wishing is do you think when you wish for something you're at cause you're the author of your life no, you're at effect. You're at effect of the sun, the moon, the stars, Jupiter, Uranus are lining up. God, Buddha, Muhammad, L. Ron Hubbard himself coming down and anointing you and giving you these things because you're such an amazing person because you wished for something for yourself. None of these people give a fuck about you if they do exist or if they don't. So go out, do good work, make people feel good about themselves for no other reason than you could do it. Make yourself feel good about yourself for no other reason than you can do it. Without the need of porn, video games, eating too much, too much sex, buying too much junk that you don't need anymore, sleeping in too much, whatever it is, drugs, alcohol. Make yourself feel good for no other reason than you're fucking alive today. Get really good at doing that. Make that your thing, because when you get good at doing that, it will be easy to do it to other people, because it will, they will just be your mirror. Perception is projection. They'll just feel it when they're around you. Like, I don't know, when I'm around Luke, I just feel better. I don't know what it is. I just feel better. Perception is projection. Mirror it out, and they will feel it. Photo neurons. Mirror neurons. Mirroring you. If you're in a great high enough state and you're around people, eventually... Their mirror neurons will mirror your neurons and they'll just start to feel better just being in your presence as long as it's coming from an authentic place. So stop wishing and start creating. Wish, what do you think wish goes in that, that, uh, that list? On the strong side or the weak side? Yeah, it goes on the weak side because it applies you. You're not empowered. You're a baby. You're too weak. Change wish for create. How can I create this in my life? How can I create that in my life? How can I create a mindset and cultivate a mindset where I can imagine daily me being the person I need to be to do what I need to do, to get what I need to get, to have what I want to have, to be who I want to be. See, it all loops back again. So those were the six dirty banned words. Ban them from your life and see the world change radically in a wonderful positive way i have been luke michael howard aka the hypno punk on the street this has been another episode of unstuck 
with Hypnopunk Transformation with Edge. If you've enjoyed what I've had here to say, then please do shoot me an email at mal, M-A-I-L, at lukenosis.com, and I'll send you the five... Uh, actually, there's going to be six. I have to add an extra paragraph in there. The six band words, a uh, a PDF, short little mini ebook article that I put together. That I'll send to you. All you've got to do is shoot me that email to mail, like the mailman, M-A-I-L at lukenosis.com, and I will send you that special report on the band six dirty, ugly words. Always believe. <laughs>